Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Jeff Lewis. Jeff is an absolute master of social media and digital marketing. And he's the founder of jeffwillis.com and the host of the Jeff Willis Show podcast and YouTube channel. As a blogger, speaker, and strategist, he inspires and helps educate entrepreneurs on how to leverage the digital world to transform their businesses to become even more successful. And he's incredibly good at it. Forbes calls him a top influencer of chief marketing officers and the world's top social marketing talent. Entrepreneur lists him among 50 online marketing influencers to watch. Inc. has him on the list of 20 digital marketing experts to follow on Twitter. He is, without a doubt, one of the world's top business content marketers. Today, Jeff and I are going to be talking about all things social media and entrepreneurship. We'll learn what works from Jeff's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some individuals and businesses just miss the mark. Jeff, welcome. So happy to have you here today. It's great to be here, Stacey. Thank you very much for the intro. And um, I sound pretty fabulous according to your bio, so thank you. You do sound pretty fabulous, and I think you are pretty fabulous because I'm crushing a little bit because you are an extraordinary content marketer, and I'm delighted to have you here to be able to share your insights with our listeners today, so thank you. It's a pleasure. What I'd love to have us start off by is sharing your journey. How did you get here today where you are this mastermind for so many people? Uh, it came out of... Um... A hard time in my life so that's how we started and uh, I think what I've learned from that is that you learn from pain not pleasure um, uh, you learn from discomfort rather than comfort and um, if we're sitting in a comfortable spot there is no uh, momentum or I suppose motivation to actually change your life so yeah you know, I, I had a business um, which I had to close down so it was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt um, Marriage broke up, the family home was taken by the bank, and uh, we were back to zero, in fact, negative. So I s sort of decided I was not living near Sydney, I went back to Sydney and um, started applying for jobs, and because I had plenty of time. Um, so I read a lot, and I read Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek, which sort of inspired me about uh, being a digital entrepreneur, um, the digital world. I already knew about it. I've been living in tech since the mid-80s when Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were duking it out with their PC wars. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the digital entrepreneur world where you created content online um, was fascinating. So I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, which almost everyone has um, that I know of. Mm -hmm. And then Tim Me uh, David Meeman Scott's book, New Rules of Marketing and PR, which talked about he didn't say content marketing back then because content marketing really didn't exist as a word in the 2008. Mm -hmm. It was called inbound marketing, which HubSpot used today. But today it's known ubiquitously as content marketing. So I went, they sort of said, you know, if you create content online, you can attract an audience and attract customers. And as an ex-salesman that had been done literally cold calling, door knocking to actually get customers, mm -hmm. Um, this was uh, something that sounded rather attractive. That, in other words, attract the customer rather than chase a customer. 
outbound marketing, we call it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I read a, a, a basically a blog by HubSpot that said, if you have an inkling of what you want to start a business on, start a blog. So um, I, and I said, what do I start a blog on? Well, I was going out with a lady at the time. And she said, why don't you get onto Facebook? And this is when Facebook was 50 million only and mm-hmm. Twitter was about 5 million. And so I got on there and went, wow, this is amazing. Like I can see all my you know, colleagues that I used to go to college with all around the world looking a bit older, greyer and a lot less hair. And I went, and then I just saw how easy it was to you know, communicate. And I went, wow. Then I watched people's behavior. It was quite obsessive um, with social media. Fast forward to 2021, it's just as obsessive. Um, in fact, more people are just obsessed. So, uh, so I basically said, okay, I'll start a blog on social media because I thought there was something really going on. And, uh, and that hunch was right because today we have nearly 3 billion people on Facebook and everyone's obsessed with social media and it's used for business everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we started the blog and that's how it all started. And people came and they read and they stuck yeah. around and they came back and they shared yeah. your content and yeah. you developed more content. Yeah, and the means to do that was social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I had very little money at the time, so I think it cost me $10 to set up the blog, uh, mm-hmm. which was a domain name. And uh, I bought a free WordPress template, struggled putting that together because I'm not that technology sort of, I'm not tech guru in terms of programming or anything. Mm-hmm. So. I wrangled with that. Um, I, I was a 50 plus, you know, entrepreneurs trying to work out the tech um, without having programming skills or anything. But the tech today is pretty amazing. It's so yes. simple. So um, I realized early on that if I built a following on Twitter, that that could be helpful in building traffic to um, the JeffBullis.com blog. Mm-hmm. So I started building my Twitter following. I used some automation to help me do that. In other words, if I followed people, they felt obliged to follow me back. It's the law of reciprocation. So um, I noticed by following people in a specific industry um, or just anyone, in fact, early on, I just followed anyone that had a breath, right? So, and uh, of course, about 20% of people I followed followed me back because it wasn't that crowded back then, right? It was, and it, it was almost like the wild west of social media. It was no automation tools. Everyone's still finding their way. And uh, I, I met a lot of people because basically what happened was I would be writing or tweeting late at night and America would wake up. I can see the Twitter stream, Twitterverse start to become louder and uh, noisier. And uh, I'd have these fabulous conversations on Twitter with um, other passionate people that were still that were exploring um, and starting their journey on social media. So, mm-hmm. um, so I used an automation tool to actually build a Twitter following and I remember people were aghast that I was using automation in 2010 to actually build a following and also to create and share content. So they were very rough tools, um, but um, the, the comments by my followers that I was using automation and technology to actually create conversations and create and share content, uh, they were aghast. So I got a lot of bad Twitter tweets um, around that. And what do we do today? Everything's automated almost. Yes, anyone who has a LinkedIn account now knows how much you can be spammed 
just to be connected with because that seems to be the go-to for everyone. Yeah, exactly. How do you think it's changed? So you started this in 2010, you're saying, and you're doing this and using automation. How has automation changed in the last many, many years to today? Um, well, that's, that's a big conversation, but mm-hmm. um, the automation has allowed us to uh, share our content and manage our content distribution to social mm-hmm. media and beyond. Um, and technology that sits within or plugins that sit within blogs and web, websites, it um, allows you to manage when you want to sh- and schedule your tweets and uh, you know, your uh, Instagram, your Facebook and so on. So it's allowed you to actually distribute and share at scale. Whereas, look, I really realized early on that um, just doing this manually, I wouldn't have a life. Um, I could be tweeting forever. In fact, uh, my partner said to me, there was um, Jennifer Aniston was going out with, um, I don't know if it was Justin Timberlake or something, but um, she broke up with him because he was tweeting every day all the time and uh, didn't, she didn't feel very important. So um, she said, so I wrote, one of my first articles was about that, the obsession created by social media back in 2009. And uh, she said, be very careful about tweeting too much, Jeff. And I went, okay, we got it. So the, I realized that we manually doing this is not going to work going to the future if I'm going mm-hmm. to scale this. And of, port, and of course, for an entrepreneur, um, if you can scale your business, well, that's going to help you grow your revenue. So mm-hmm. um, doing everything yourself and doing everything manually is uh, not a good entrepreneurial tactic. No, you'll never have enough hours in the day. And if you're an entrepreneur, there's already not enough hours in the day. You can fill those things up, lickety split. Yeah. The other thing that's happening with automation, which is a bit scary because we're plugging in AI and machine learning Mm -hmm. into the creation of content. Um, So we're having machines that can actually write blog posts. Um, You can have machines that actually can, you know, create news items, especially about sport and so on. So... Mm -hmm. At this stage, a lot of that's really only done well via larger enterprises, but I'm sure that we'll see a democratization of AI-generated content. And guess what? You're going to get more spam and more content. So I look forward to that. Now, it's going to be interesting how you actually start siloing out, where you start creating some protective boundaries around you, because we already get hit, obviously, with so many advertising messages. You know, there's over 30,000 ads that you're getting in a single day that you're exposed Mm -hmm. to. But then you add in just on all your platforms, the nonstop barrage and the emails that just never stop and it goes and it goes. And the more we are automating, the more a lot of junk is being created and coming up with the tools that actually help shift that away, I think is going to be the near future of dialing in a little bit more. Yeah. I think the other important thing I think we need to consider as humans that use machines and tools is I think the power of storytelling has become more important personal stories um, and I think one of the most powerful tactics you can do as an individual as a marketer as a business is to tell a story then make a point because um, stories are human um, it's been part of our DNA for hundreds of thousands of years and I think telling stories is important and um, it gets to the heart and I'm a bit of a Joseph Campbell fanboy um, the hero's journey story arc um, why do people use it? Because it works. Um, Star Wars success is right. It comes down to uh, George Lucas using um, 
Joseph Campbell's story arc, you know, which is fabulous and um, gets to the core of what it means to be human. And I think that's really important as we, as marketers, need to understand the pain points and the core issues regarding being human. And then you can tell a better story. So besides automation, and that being like a number one people that need to figure out so that you're not just sitting there typing, tweeting all your live long day. What are the steps that if someone has not started content marketing, or maybe they're doing it, but not to a, to a high degree, how do you tell people to start their journey? I think you've got to be clear on who your audience is. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got to create content that talks to their pain points and then answers those and comes up with solutions. Um, I think that's really where you've got to start. Um, I think the other thing people got to realise with content marketing is you've got to play the long game. Um, a lot of people go, well, I want to rank on the first page of Google you know, next week and said, well, good luck with that. Um, so the reality is that um, content marketing is a long game. And uh, it can take years to rank um, build authority and then Google can change the rules and the algorithms and we're in the middle of a algorithm battle as well so that's what I'd recommend to people understand your audience create content that solves that talks to their pain points and then come up with solutions that answers those pain points um, and that whether you're doing B2B or B2C I think that's really where you've got to start and um, then next you also as part of that you need to be building a platform that you own uh, a lot of people, especially influencers, think that they can just be on Instagram or Snapchat or um, you know, LinkedIn only. And the, the challenge is that uh, this battle of the algorithms means that we're constantly dealing with a platform that keeps changing your rankings for your content and for your distribution. The other thing you gotta keep in mind too as part of the step of your marketing journey is that um, when I started, what has changed a lot was since then is back then up to 2013, 2014, there was about a four or five year window where you actually could rank organic or grow your following on social media organically and your audience could hear you and see you. Mm -hmm. um, whereas today, it's pay to play and the basically all the platforms are trying to minimize organic because if you get too much organic traffic, you don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to do, and essentially, I, I think the uh, stake in the ground was when Facebook in 2013, 2014, when Facebook went public and had to pay their shareholders and became accountable to their shareholders, mm -hmm. and they had to work out how to monetize uh, Facebook. And that didn't happen until about 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, the next step of the social media revolution. And since then, we've seen the rise of niche platforms, Instagram, um, and so on. So I think we've seen consolidation. Um, we've seen the reduction of uh, organic social media. A lot of people go, well, I'm just going to get on Facebook and I'm going to share it and people are going to see me. Well, good luck with that. Um, so you are at the mercy of all the platforms, including emails, algorithms. I think that well, Facebook right now, Meta in general, exposes your content to a max of about 6%, I think was the last thing I saw of um, your actual followers. So maybe all these followers that you've paid over the years to build or you've nurtured and you've gotten them on, they're not seeing your content in general no. unless you're amplifying it. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to amplify it through paid. 
and then that's a whole new game. Um, so a social media expert used to understand how Twitter worked, Facebook worked, maybe Instagram worked, um, LinkedIn maybe. Uh, the reality is to be an expert now you need to double down and become a Facebook expert on advertising. That's, that is a complicated game as we speak. Um, so I, I think, you know, I used to be known as a social media expert, um, but today I leave that at a lot of my team. And the reality is that it's such a big universe today that you can't be an expert in everything. You, you just have to double down and maybe choose one and then hire other people to help you in the others. So, yeah. And now we have Meta and the Metaverse, which is going to be another mecca for content production. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence about Metaverse. I think... Uh, people are still going to prevent what I call the real verse um, because uh, we've been talking about virtual reality for a decade. Okay. And I think people like gamers, which is a huge global industry. Yeah, sure. How much am I going to hand over the, the keys to my kingdom to Facebook and just dive into their metaverse? I, I think from a marketing point of view, uh, I think, you need to keep a watching brief, but be careful that you're not chasing too many shiny new toys. Um, you need to get the basics right before you start going down those rabbit holes. And what would the basics be? Like, so, you know, I, I know you've said that you need to have ownership over your own content. And there's certainly, you know, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all the social platforms. There's emails, there's blogs, there's podcasts. What do you think are the go-to building blocks that everyone really should be building from? Okay. So um, this comes down a little bit about the theme of your podcast, Marketing Mistakes. Um, I think number one, uh, from day one, start building an email list. Okay, because you own that list. It's a list that follows you um, and it's not pay to play. Um, but it's still controlled by algorithms these days. So as we know that your a genuine email, even from Google itself, will go to spam or trash. Um, in other words, Google hasn't even worked out its own algorithms to make sure email's delivered. Uh, but nevertheless, it has algorithms. So number one, build your email list. Number two, um, you, for your blog and for your website, you need to be working on from day one, a building block, very essential, is to start building your search engine optimization authority. In other words, the key phrases that customers are going to find you like how to start a blog or how to write great content or 10 tips, whatever, you know, but your headline and also meta tags, which is the key phrases you're trying to target, Google can find easily. So build your search engine authority right from day one and it's going to take you time and relentlessly create content around that that can be ranked. So this is a long journey. It's getting harder as more and more content is created, but it's still possible and still needs to be done. That is a fundamental. And then after that, so you've created your, your emails, your blogs, your making sure that the you know, meta tags that you're mentioning, your long tail keywords, your short tail keywords, they're, they're, you're all about you. Whatever your passion, your topic is, you are making sure you're writing about it from every angle up sideways and down. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do after that? How do you actually get 
um, people to be able to see it besides just praying to the Google God that yep. it's going to be delivered to them when someone happens to search online. Okay, this is where we move into uh, the game of Facebook advertising targeted. Okay. Um, and of course, you can go out and just advertise. But the reason I think people need to do is work out, well, they need to start building a funnel. Mm -hmm. um, and a funnel sort of thinks of this idea where everything just goes down a straight line. And in fact, as we know with marketing, it's more um, a matrix rather than people come in from all sorts of angles and disappear into this virtual online world. Um, so if you need, you need to build a funnel that takes people and either gets them to sign up to an email list, in other words, a funnel that creates an email list and offers value bonuses, gives them a reason to join. Uh, that's a fundamental as well. Um, on top of that, then you need to drive people to a sales page that gets people to buy your product mm -hmm. um, or take them on a journey where you create credibility and trust and take them on that journey to where they put up their hand and say, I'm ready to buy. Um, so, and, you know, sure. So if you're going to sell an expensive product, then once you've got people into the funnel, you might need to have real people involved who actually pick up the phone and call people to take them on the rest of the journey to buy that $10,000 product or $100,000 product. But you've got to start building credibility and trust with content from day one and then work out how to turn that credibility and trust engagement into sales. And that's your sales funnel. And then with turning that in, is that you're wanting to use software to help you with this? Mm -hmm. And you know, you're still working on whether it's content marketing or inbound marketing. Uh, you are putting together different parameters, different um, ways that can help you actually collect that data. Are there any preferred platforms you like working with or that you suggest that can help someone? Um, Agora Pulse is a very good social media marketing platform that you can automate and schedule. Um, mm -hmm. So Emric um, Ermolt, uh, who's a good friend of mine who lives in Paris, built this machine and took him 10 years. Um, but, you know, there's one of many, but uh, Zagora Pulse, uh, which is your social media marketing automation platform. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you need to use uh, email platforms. You know, uh, we've been using Infusionsoft and looking at using some more up-to-date email marketing platforms mm -hmm. that are important. I think the other thing that as entrepreneurs we need to understand is that it's a boring word. It's called process. Uh, I think... Um, if you create process and systems, it will set you free and allow you to scale. Um, but to most entrepreneurs who are a bit freewheeling, a bit wild west, creatives, uh, process attention to detail is like uh, an evil word or phrase. So I think you need to then start working out how you can create and document what your business does and how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that will set you free as an entrepreneur and help you scale. So, and that can be done through Google Docs. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole range of different systems that allow you to, to document it. Uh, we use Trello, which is a great collaboration okay. tool. Um, instead of having just emails, the email you know battle, basically, mm -hmm. where the thread gets lost and you're going, what did I even say to them one month ago? So Trello, which is uh, a tool that was bought by Atlassian back in about 2017 for about $300 million, um, is a great tool. And we use that for mm -hmm. collaboration. We use Google Docs a lot. Um, and we're very mindful about building a machine. And I think that's really important as an entrepreneur is that it sounds boring, but you've got to 
pay attention to systems and processes and build a machine. Um, and, you know, so when we launched the podcast, essentially what we did is we built a podcast publishing and promotion machine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. That's just one part of the business. So, um, and what happens now is I can create content through the podcast. I upload it and my editors and team take it from editing to uh, production to mm-hmm. launch and publishing and promotion. So, um, and that's one of the reasons I didn't do the podcast initially was I knew it's going to be a whole lot of hard work and, um, Entrepreneurs shouldn't be afraid of hard work, but I think they also should realise they need to delegate so um, they become the conductors and leader of the band. I think that's really important. I heard a great phrase about that as well the other day, is that um, as a business, what do you do? What, who do you look after? The, your team first or the customer first? Well, I think it comes down to if you look after your team as the CEO or founder, the team will look after the customer. Um, so... Um, you've got to look after both, but mm-hmm. I think um, that's really, really important. And I love that um, particular approach to being the CEO and founder. I think it's also, it's a very interesting approach now with post-COVID. We're not even post, we're still in, but as we're coming out of it, after we've all been locked down, you know, the trials, the tribulations, <laughs> the massive challenges for business owners and entrepreneurs to have faced with staffing and team members and keeping them engaged um, for companies who didn't have processes in place that they could actually turn on and make into this new digital world. Um, there have been a lot more challenges for people than for those who actually have systemized and who are keeping an ear to their team and trying to understand, you know, the whole new world shifts that are happening right now. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 in some of our podcast interviews that we've done, uh, I've done, is that I've just been blown away by the creative human spirit to actually pivot and change and evolve and um, come up with ideas. Um, interviewed one guy in New York that had a hospitality business that just basically got blown up in a matter of weeks because he had. Um, he was making money out of having machines in hotel lobbies. And so uh, he pivoted and leapt into uh, importing masks from China, um, put a million dollars down to get, uh, you know, a bunch of masks delivered, which showed up eventually. Um, now he's got a $50 million business. Um, yeah. But he was on the edge of chaos and destruction based on, you know, the hospitality industry struggling and suffering, and it still is today. Where do you think some other mistakes are that entrepreneurs make with content marketing in general? Um, I think they sometimes forget to create what I call long-form content. I Mm -hmm. think that's really important, uh, where you take a deep dive. Um, I think as um, humans, we've been attracted by the shiny toy of social media, where its content is 140 or 250 characters. 15, 30 second, 60 second videos. They're great. And I think they're important as part of the, of the tactics. I think then, but producing, especially in the B2B space, if you're selling, um, you need to create long form content. So I was writing three or 400 word blog posts in 2009. Today we're writing between up to two and a half thousand, three thousand word mm-hmm. articles. Um, and so it's a bigger commitment, but the reality is that um, that you need to be looking at long-form content that adds real value and dives deep into the solutions that people are looking for. 
Yes, because the Google God really likes it a lot. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have to support that one too. Yeah. Plus, if you have the long form content, it makes creating other content a lot easier because you can chop it and you can repurpose it and you can use it in so many different ways. And you can take experts away from it and use it for your social posts, or you can turn it into little mini videos and vlogs. And there's just, it's endless what you can do if you have a chunky piece of content to start working from. Mm. Oh, exactly. And um, you've got to make sure that. Uh, when you create that content that you have the tools to help you automate that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so there's tools like StreamYard, for example, that takes a live Facebook stream and can turn that into um, Facebook Live and can turn it into a bunch of different pieces of content that go to multiple channels at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so and I think also to be aware of um, different, some of, some of the social media's um, organic still sits around and it's like, um, Instagram Reels, for example, um, YouTube Shorts now has emerged. Um, so uh, these are copycats um, of TikTok, of course. Well, so, you can even take your TikTok and then what's great is you take your TikTok and then you can throw it up on Instagram Reels and you can even put it up as an Instagram story. And look at that, all that vertical content and you just recorded it once. That's right. And, and that, um, because there's such a lot of focus on that particular segment or type of uh, video or con video content at the, at the moment, is that the algorithms aren't so um, tough um, mm -hmm. because those channels are trying to build um, that competition against TikTok. And so consequently, Instagram Reels um, and YouTube. Now, the thing I like about YouTube Shorts is that actually it's, it, because a lot of people don't realize, but YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So uh, basically using YouTube shorts, then you're going to have help your job of actually creating a YouTube ranking for search. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, when you were touching base on all of the different technologies out there that can write your own content for you, where blogs are being written without anyone actually being the writer, and this is going to continue. What we can't do is really create videos so well. There is not a um, system that can just actually put a real human there yet because we're going to have avatars and this is all going to go away, everything that I'm saying. But for a moment right now in time, we can actually be part of the stories when we're creating video and still turn it into written content um, and have that benefit where Google's still treating video in a very friendly way. <coughs> yeah. <clears throat> There's technology that's sort of... Um helping humans scale to create video. And uh, I've been involved with a startup uh, for about the last 10 years, Shuttle Rock, which is a New Zealand startup, uh, which takes static images and turns them into video um, at very, and at able to scale it very, very effectively. So I don't think we're at the full automation of video creation yet, or we're not, we're not at the even content written uh, full scale automation yet. Um, but uh, there are tools that can take, um, get you started and make it very simple and low cost to create um, video content at scale. Well, Jeff, how can our listeners learn more about you? I know they can go to jeffbullis.com, J-E-F-F-B-U-L-L-A-S.com, but how else can they learn just in general, you and and find your materials to learn from. Yeah, well, that's the easiest place. Um, okay. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. Um, Jeff Bullis, um, just search for that. 
um, Jeff with a J. Um, so it really, it's very simple to find. We, uh, we try to be as everywhere as possible, humanly possible, but um, yeah, just jeffwillis.com. And we've got a contact form, so if you want to drop us a line, um, and hopefully it's not lost in the spam or trash Google email um, algorithm. Yes, that happens to us all on occasion. Yeah. Are there any last parting words of advice for entrepreneurs who are listening today on what they should be doing with their content marketing journey? Uh, I think, as I've said before, I think treat it as a long game. Mm -hmm. um, start creating. Work out ways to scale your content. Um, and one example is a podcast is maybe one of the best ways to do that. Number one, the podcast can be recorded on Zoom in audio, video. There is now software that takes that audio and turns it into a transcript at minimal cost. <laughs> so you can turn one podcast into three different types of media. Um, mm -hmm. And then you can carve up the videos into snippets on YouTube, which is really good for YouTube search engine optimization. Um, but yeah, play the long game. <clears throat> this is, uh, don't think you're going to be ranking. You don't think you're going to be successful overnight, even though that's touted everywhere on Facebook ads that we will build you a business in 90 days and you'll be making millions of dollars. Um, be very careful about that. But yeah. And I think the other thing too is don't over plan. I think the other thing too is that you just need to act every day. And if you take 365 actions in one year, you'll be surprised by where you are in 12 months. I love that as a quote. That's a really, really good quote, by the way, to end on. So thank you for that. And what I was going to also say is, you know, when I started our agency, and, and I mentioned this to Jeff before the call, you know, I started blogging because I had gone to um a course that said, okay, you should be sending your sales contacts a written email. And I'm like, dear God, now I have to write like something. What am I going to do? And I started writing by answering questions that I had uh, gotten from clients. So I would talk to someone and I would hear a pain point or a challenge, or I'd get the sense that they just didn't quite get something. And I would write, a letter from my heart to them in great detail, describing exactly how they should be approaching the scenario or situation. Mm -hmm. And then I would not send it to them. I would post it instead onto my newfound blog that I did. And then I'd wait for a week maybe, and I'd send them a note and say, you know, you really made me start thinking about something the other day. And, you know, I wrote this with you in mind and I'd send it to them. And so now I accomplished the fact that I wrote something and I memorized it out there, but I also got it in front of them. And, and a lot of times they kind of felt special that I took the time of listening to what their pain point was and addressed it. And we have thousands of blogs that are written now by myself, my team. We have over, you know, as an agency, we're a small agency, we could have a lot more than this, but we have about 30,000 people who read our blogs on a monthly basis. And it has brought my agency millions and millions of dollars from doing that because we don't have to hunt for clients. We still hunt, don't get me wrong, but they come to us now. It is the inbound marketing. It actually does work. Like I will be the biggest proponent saying 
Content marketing will change your life as a business owner. If you can dial this in and figure it out and look for ways that you can repurpose and cut and chop and grow it into a podcast or take your podcast and then turn that into a blog, there's so many ways to approach it. And if you can just take the time and not be scared to jump off the cliff and start, you just have to start that 365 days of action that Jeff just outlined is just, it's brilliant because you just have to start and it will impact your business and your life and make you money in so many ways that you'd never expect. And when you get on calls with clients, they're already pre-qualified now. I don't have to explain what our agency does. They've read it, they know it, they've gone in, they've done their homework. It is no longer a, let me tell you 20 minutes about what we do. They're like, oh yeah, you do this. And I saw that and you mentioned this. And it elevates you faster from your competitions than you can even imagine. So this right. is a must do, yep. must do. Yeah. And I remember the first time I, I got an email from this guy um, in New Zealand, Johnny Hendrickson and uh, very short, uh, email and he said uh, love your content been reading it this is about a year 18 months in he said um, are you interested in coming over to run a workshop for us and we'll pay you for it and I went okay so because uh, he'd been reading my blog so that was my that was my first paid speaking gig was in New Zealand and that turned into being involved with the startup Shuttle Rock which I mentioned early um, today Shuttle Rock and you don't realize sometimes how your contact impacts people and changes their lives, especially if you're adding value and that's what your content should be doing. And today Shuttle Rock's 250 people. So uh, with 10, in 10 different cities all around the world, offices. So uh, this is why the long game becomes important mm -hmm. and being willing to share your imperfect knowledge. And that's the other thing that we need to be careful of is that People say, well, I haven't got it just right. You will never get it just right. So you need to make sure that you don't wait to be perfect to start. You just need to start. And yes, you need to not worry. Like my biggest fear has always been like, oh my goodness, all my competitors follow my blogs. They're going to find out I'm a fraud because I got something wrong. Yeah. No, you need to not like actually like beat yourself up so much. Everyone is always trying to learn and you're not going to get everything right. But as long as you have the right intent in the right direction and you're doing it your way, you're doing it well enough. Yep. Just do it. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining today. Really appreciate your insights and time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marking Mistakes and how to avoid them. That's the important thing right there, avoiding those mistakes along the way. Please you know, tune in, read more, listen more. Always happy to have you here. And if you all ever have any questions about influencer marketing, product placement, or anything in pop culture, please remember you can reach out to myself, my team, and I'm always happy to chat. Have a great day.